0: You're listening to The Podcast, where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy You.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of this pod. This one's going to be a little bit special and kind of a dual pod um format, at least. I have our special guest. I guess he's even more special than Dare because he has been our unofficial um third host or co-host sorry but uh greg welcome to the show i'll try to stay on topic or at least a little bit more than dare i promise i won't bring up John moran i might bring up other things but um i'm hoping i won't jump off the walls as much as dare does
0: that's good i mean took every ounce of me (laughs) to finish that at two o'clock in the morning to get him to stop talking about alan (laughs) iverson and basketball and whatever else he was trying to talk about
1: yeah, at that point, it was hard. So, yeah, this podcast, we're going to talk about all the trades or not all the trades, like some specific trades that happened during the draft that just ended. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of the team breakdown for Darren's team because he is not here. He is currently on flight to go to Oregon. So for those of you guys listening to this episode, um, this weekend's going to be a really good time to get into Darren's inbox to try to get a deal done, because as we all know, a deal got done last time he was a little bit uh, influenced by alcohol so hopefully we're going to be able to do that but before we do the breakdown let's talk some trades but i guess before we get there greg this was your second draft that you finished uh with the pdl i'm sure it's nothing special it's probably like every other draft and other leagues as well but uh what was your takeaway my biggest takeaway was mike was not The draft clog that he... I mean, he still was, but, like, not that bad. It was Steve. Steve was the one that kind of held up the draft a little bit more. It didn't annoy me because I had, like, not a lot of draft picks. (laughs) So it didn't bother me, um, which is ironic because Darren didn't have a lot of draft picks either. But I know he was like, oh, let's get this going. But... Yeah, it, this was just a side I was not used to seeing because typically Steve does not have a lot of draft picks. This is the very first one where he had multiple. And I feel like that's why there were some speed bumps that hit along the way, but it's still wrapped up relatively quickly. But yeah, what are some of the takeaways that you had, Greg?
0: Yeah, I think Steve was really like wheeling and dealing, kind of moving down, moving up, trading players, trading picks, all kinds of stuff. Um, for me, I, I realize how much I dislike being in Europe. The time zone is really annoying because like the the my pick classmate at 307 was like approaching and it was like midnight and I'm trying to go to bed but I don't want to hold up the draft for like you know eight oh, hours yeah. or something in your guy's evening time so I'm like in the auto draft feature doesn't work by the way like you click it on and then it automatically shuts off when you close the app because I tried it three times and it just never worked so I couldn't mm-hmm. auto draft um yeah so it's it's definitely annoying for me but I love the like everyone is super into it because you, you tell how annoyed people are when it gets held up and it's because they love the draft so much that they just can't get enough of it and they want it to keep going and you mm-hmm. know Darren just doing it's out of passion he's, he's not a, a bad guy he's just so passionate about graphics so <laughs> I don't know it's fun to see it's better this year I, I felt I felt very good with my picks um, everything kind of fell to me but I wanted oh my so. gosh yeah, I'm happy. sure
1: we're going to be doing like a whether it's a report card or kind of breaking down people's traffics, which is always so funny because you never know how it actually is because the season's still further away. But of course, to fill out some of the off season gap, we are probably going to do that. But some of the values that you got on some of the players that either a fell to your lap or you just had to kind of move up to be like, oh my god, I got to go get him now. Um, was fantastic. Uh, but there are also a lot of trades. I know historically in all drafts, not just the PDO, I know I keep always making it sound like this one's special, but in most drafts, activity picks up because obviously people are excited to see what rookies are on the board, but we see tons of trades and movements as well. And this year was no different. I know we already covered the first round in the previous pod, so I won't touch on some of the trades that happened there, like the um Terry McLaren trade and all that kind of jazz. But we had additional trades that kind of start to factor in during the draft that I wanted to um, kind of point on. And one of them being the Aaron Jones trade um, I thought was really, really interesting. Steve was able to get Aaron Jones uh, 305 and 409 for the 204, which Jeff traded up for. And at the time, I feel like a lot of people probably thought it was for Charbonnet because he did kind of fall into that second round. But. To our surprise, or maybe not surprise, with uh, now knowing his fandom and maybe, I wouldn't say homerism, but it was for Rasheed Rice. And we all know your feelings already for Rashid Rice. So let's take that equation out first, Greg, and let's just talk about the oh, trade no. in totality. And then we will talk about Rasheed Rice, I promise. I'll give you that platform. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on this trade, just kind of in a vacuum?
0: I think this, well, in a vacuum uh it's good value for steve i think um I, I don't even know what he landed up doing with those picks because he didn't take them he kept trading them so it's almost impossible to actually figure out what happened with them um but the thing i'm getting is like steve is really trying to kind of compete with you and max this year i think like he traded for aaron jones um uh, terry mclaren then he lands up taking charbonnet who should at least be decent this year as well so mm-hmm. i don't know i think he's positioning himself for a run Uh, It was taking advantage of the fact that the PDL loves rookies and uh, rookie fever and certain people that are fans of teams like getting players from those teams. So yeah, Yeah. I thought the value was good.
1: Yeah. But I understand like
0: Jeff, Jeff got his guy, right? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. if you want the player and you let someone, you know, you wait two or three picks, you don't get them. Then you regret it forever like especially if he's good if he turns out being good then you just regret it forever so
1: yeah and the semantics of being like oh man i don't want to give up that extra x y and z just to move up with that extra spot but if that secures your guy then you got to go do it so now let's talk about the person he took the guy that he wanted which was rishi rice over from kansas city uh, or the rookie in kansas city sorry um yeah, what what are your kind of breakdown and thoughts on that as well because with the makeup of his team, I guess that kind of makes sense because maybe Jeff doesn't see himself right now so that's going to be able to compete uh right now specifically Max and I and now maybe Steve as well. So th- maybe that's why he kind of thought going more the wide receiver route um would that make a little bit more sense or still out?
0: Um uh, I mean I'm looking at my rankings, he's my wide receiver 11. So I'm just if, so if he can get coached up like i see the potential for him because he on 10 percent of the plays he's really good and he separates well and you know he's explosive and big plays and then the other 90 percent, it's like i don't know what he's doing i don't know if he doesn't care or he's just like conditioning's bad i don't know but when the highlights are really good but then when you watch him consistently play to play he doesn't put it together so if they can coach him up then obviously he's on a good offense but I don't know, it's just something like with the Kansas City offense where somehow Mahomes passes for five thousand yards every year and Kelsey's like the only super relevant player. Like I don't understand how it adds up, how the math adds up because it's like magic, but it, it just does. So I don't know if any of yeah. these receivers are gonna land up being actually top guys. It's it's very weird. It's like the opposite of the Steelers offense where you had like juggernauts at every position. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: I really like the point that you brought up because this is definitely gonna be a homer take because I'm obviously an Eagles fan and this is not the correlation I'm trying to make, but it kind of helps a little bit paint that picture. But yeah, it is very surprising to see Patrick Mahomes. He's a lock for like pretty much like 5,000 yards and like 30 plus touchdowns every single year. And it's kind of comes out of nowhere. Obviously Travis Kelsey's there. And then you're like, oh, I guess the running backs will catch a handful. Um, Every little um, pass catcher is gonna get a handful, but not like a single guy outside of Kelsey. It reminds me of one, Carson Wentz finally threw for 4000 yards as an eagle, which like no eagle quarterback has done that up to when Carson Wentz did it. And of course, the year he did it, no wide receiver or pass catcher had over a thousand yards receiving. So it was kind of funny that it kind of went everywhere and we didn't even have a Kelsey to kind of stand out like that. So, yeah, to me, it's a little bit interesting, especially the way that the Kansas City Chiefs offense breaks down. I'm kind of questioning and I know Jeff definitely has a better insight that I do. But I'm kind of questioning and seeing when is, the like, when will a wide receiver be able to be featured with Travis Kelsey? When was the last wide receiver that was able to do that? I guess it was just, what, Hill, right? It was Tyreek, and then once they lost Tyreek, they kind of went by a committee approach and which was weird because Mahomes' number did not drop off yet. So it's almost like you need a game-changing like wide receiver that demands the targets. And I guess time will be seen to see if that will be Rashid Rice because if he does pan out, that's fantastic. Uh, if not, once again, um, Aaron Jones, the way that he was fitting on Jeff's team, it made sense for him to move on from him. Um, and I guess it does get really subjective. Well, could he have gotten more? Could he have not gotten more? I just like the fact that he was able to cash in because he knew he probably had to move on from Aaron Jones at some point and then get a guy that he did like. So, definitely a fan there. But as far as who it was, can be up in the air. And one last trade i wanted to cover because i'm not going to sit and trade like all right steve traded back here this person traded up here but i just kind of want to really paint more pictures on i guess players that i've moved so unfortunately we are going to have to talk about one more trade and the reason i say unfortunately because it was a donovan people's jones trade so murphy street empire sent away donovan people's jones who is a wide receiver on the cleveland browns and the last pick in the third round for, i guess he moved up one spot because he got the 311 and also the 303. So two third-round picks for essentially uh, moving up one spot in the third and Donovan Peoples-Jones. What are some of your takeaways here?
0: Yes, we took a big view with that, Um, so a little bit of running back depth. I think the Peoples-Jones probably gone next year. Um, I doubt he would resign with the Browns, so it's sort of an opportunity to either be good or bad, I think. Um, because their salary cap situation is really bad next year. So they they brought in Bell last year, they brought in Moore in a trade, and then they drafted Tillman this offseason. So I would expect that they're just going to let him walk next year. So he could go to a better situation, he could go to a worse situation. This year, I think it's kind of up in the air. Like, obviously, they want to pass more, but I think there's a question on, it's going to be Cooper, and then is it Moore? Is it Tillman? Is it Peoples jones Is it Njoku? Who is it? So uh Brian believes in him, then... I think that's pretty fine value, like mid-early third for him. So I think, I think it's fine.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun to kind of see those movements. I always have to pay a little bit of extra attention when it's Max making the move. But overall, I know there are tons more moves that happen during the draft. We'll do a little bit more of an extensive breakdown of just the draft itself, uh, probably in a future episode. But I did want to reserve some time to be able to do the Carolina Thunder breakdown. So let's talk about Darren's team. He's not here, so I guess I could take the gloves off a little bit and go in a little bit harder, but I feel like that's usually not my M.O. on the pod. I'm usually trying to play a little bit more in the middle. But with that being said, let's tackle each room, talk about strengths, weaknesses, draft capital, trades, all that kind of fun stuff, and I'll be the guide, and I would love your color commentary along the way, Greg. So with that being said, let's jump in to the very, the most important I guess, positional group in the PDO. And I guess contrary to what Darren believes that position will be, it's the quarterback room. And to our surprise, Darren has quite the crowded quarterbacks. And Greg, I'm not sure if you have listened to these breakdowns in the past, but Darren actually used to make the show docs. And what he used to do is he was the one that would put like all the relevant players that would need to be in each of these room in the show docs. And then he would put like these little asterisks in on some players that I guess isn't that good, but he felt like he had to mention them, but he would just put an asterisk. There. I'd be like, ah, they're not good, but we'll put them here. I didn't put any asterisks here, but I feel like a lot of players in his quarterback rooms <laughs> kind of get that asterisk. So if I were to be, oh. Darren, if I were, to... <laughs> if I were Darren, this is how I think Darren would break down his own room. If it wasn't his own, I think he would say Deshaun Watson. Um, he just drafted Anthony Richardson, but then out of that, I feel like everyone else gets an asterisk Ryan Tannehill. I don't know why, but he sells Tom Brady. I bet he's... No, no, no. Sorry, follow- Darren
0: is breaking this down, Anthony Richardson gets an asterisk. where are we asterisk, just assuming Sorry. this new no, personality? Yeah, you're,
1: right. you're right. He this- was kind of... He kind of fell to his lap and he like i guess forcefully took him so yeah an asterisk on everyone i guess besides watson but i would personally put one on watson myself but i guess it's fair not to so he does have a crowded quarterback room here let me listen it's deshaun watson ryan Tannehill, jacoby Brissett, matt stafford baker mayfield of course he drafted anthony richardson and also uh the currently retired tom brady i think we're all expecting brady to be released at some point but even if he were released, that's still like five, six quarterbacks on this roster. So what's your takeaway here, Greg? I feel like I might know what it is. But uh, yeah, what do you think of when you see this room?
0: Old. Like <laughs> uh, Tannehill, Stafford. Well, okay, Mayfield's not that old. But you know, Tannehill, Stafford, and Brady, they're going to be getting their ARP cards soon. Uh, Mayfield, it's just not good. It's not good, so... I don't know. Like, if Watson gets back to form and doesn't diddle anyone for a while, he should be okay. Uh, I don't know. Like, do you think he's still a top five quarterback?
1: No. uh, Not in today's NFL. Not with the type of quarterbacks that we have, but I definitely think top 10 is in the realm of possibility for actually heck. Yeah. I guess you could really say, yeah, top five could be, if he really does go back to how he was over in Houston, but it's been a couple of years. It's kind of like me saying like, well, not really. I was going to bring Michael Thomas and be like, well, can he check? Well, I guess the jury's out because you know, the whole drew Brees thing and a lot has changed there. But for Deshaun Watson, if you want to think optimistically, I could see that path where, he could throw for like four thousand plus yards because he's done that over in Houston. But I don't know; it's just been such a long time. But what do you think on Deshaun Watson? Do you think he has top five, top ten capability?
0: Um, I don't, he didn't really look good last year.
1: No, he didn't. Know at at
0: all. some point, like he he didn't play for two years, and this off the field stuff. Whether or not, like he's a huge piece of shit, and all this off the field stuff he says, you know, like, I didn't do it, whatever. But it still has to bother him at some level. And quarterback is definitely the most, like, mental position in the NFL. So I'm just wondering if that's going to affect him for, like, the rest of his career. If he he sees the opponent, like, heckling him and stuff like that, if that bothers him and gets to him. Because he didn't really get any better. I mean, that's limited sample size last year. But he just didn't look good. And it didn't really improve uh, over the course of the season. And he had all that time to practice and and stuff before he even played. So I don't know. I'm just wondering if if maybe this is what he is now and he's just maybe like a top 15 option or something like that. So uh, maybe it's just me hating him and wanting to project a negative outcome for him, but I don't know.
1: I don't even think that's the case. The reason I'm so surprised is because I see so many more Deshaun Watson truthers as opposed to, once again, probably a bad comparison than Russell Wilson, who just had. I mean, he had a full extended season where he looked like dog shit, but um, everyone's immediately off of it. Obviously, he's older as well. Changed uh, teams just like Watson. But it's funny because so many people come out of the woodworks for Deshaun Watson saying, no, he's going to go back to where he was. Where's R- Russell Wilson now with champagne and Broncos, them all getting new weapons. Everyone's like, no, 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 he's just dog shit. He's washed. So it's kind of funny that I now stumble upon way, way more Deshaun Watson guys than Russell Wilson guys. And this isn't me trying to downplay or upplay either of them, but it's kind of funny because they do kind of find themselves in similar situations, whereas obviously they the off-field issues, but their performance on the field. And so it will be interesting to see how that develops, but it's no secret that Darren does have a ton of quarterbacks. So... The way that PDL has reflected in the past is P, uh, quarterbacks had a premium price tag. So I can absolutely see Darren moving one of these guys during the season if a contender has quarterbacks that were to go down. I feel like, um, I mean, I've been flirting with the idea even of maybe going after Ryan Tannehill and just giving him like a later round pick or maybe even a Mayfield or something along those lines. So I wouldn't be surprised if. Darren tries to DM myself, maybe even Max, if one of Max's quarterbacks goes down because we don't know what's happening with the collar situation, so on and so forth. But I think it's safe to say that with his quarterback room looking like this, I don't imagine it continuing to stay this full for too long. Do you?
0: Mayfield has a one-year tryout, essentially. and He might not even win that job. I don't know. Like Maybe they want to see what Trask has. Uh, Stafford he just reminds me of when Ben came back and he's like, oh, I'm definitely healthy. Everything's good to go. No problems whatsoever. And then he just, he was done. Like he was toast. Uh, Stafford has like what spinal contusion or something. Like it doesn't sound <laughs> like he should be getting hit. I don't know. Like I, I feel like any week he could just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to retire now. Like my, my elbow just blew out or my back gave out. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, Brissett's back up now. Where, where is he backing up Washington? No,
1: that sounds right here.
0: Look. Washington. Okay. Uh, I'll talk about Tannehill. Like we're we were discussing in the other pod, um, we expect the Titans to be really bad, and if they're bad, or they might just kind of give up, trade Henry because like it's his last year on the contract. They might just get whatever they can for him, and then start Levis. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of names here, but I don't know if there's a lot of reliable options. And I think if he tries to trade them away. By the time he, contenders are looking for them for the playoffs or something, there might not be a lot of depth left in this room. Uh, and I expect he's trying to actually make the playoffs and contend himself because I know I tried to get Richardson from him because he hates Richardson, and it, it's infuriating to me that he has Richardson. It just it bothers me so much. He doesn't. It just like fell
1: to his lap and he reluctantly took him. And you're sitting there and be like, I actually like him. He's like, ah, guess I'll hold on to him now.
0: Yeah, he's just like, ah, well, you know, I need a quarterback, and I don't think he's good, but he's there. I mean, can you so. bl- look
1: at his quarterback room. Outside of Deshaun Watson, who is still, the jury still out. Everyone else is just,
0: him, eh. I, so, for me personally, like, I, I only acquire players that I really like. Like, when I acquired Debo, I didn't like it because I felt like I had to trade him immediately because I don't really believe in him. Like, I, I don't know. I only like rostering players that I really like, so it's hard for me to get my head around if I could just get something for him and I didn't like him, I would just do it because I don't believe in him, but yeah, I don't know. People play the game differently. So
1: yeah, for the most part, I keep players I like, but there are definitely some players I don't like that. I just like reluctantly keep Kamara being the biggest one. Like even when I traded for him, I was like, "Ah, I'm not, and I'm sure you probably heard me and Darren banter and, like us stating my history of disliking him. But no, I definitely agree. But for the most part, I definitely do have people that I do like. So it's interesting to see how that plays out. But let's just continue to the next room. Let's look at his running back room, which is filled with Travis Etienne. He just traded a first to get DeAndre Swift. Javante Williams coming off of that injury, of course. And I would put an asterisk, I guess, on Gibson, but things are definitely pointing up with the new BNME offense in Washington. Oh, speaking of Washington, you were correct. Brissett is on Washington, so... Great job n- nailing that. And then he also just drafted Gibbs at 104 in this past draft. I know he pro- he has more, but uh, I- I'm just not even going to name them because it's not worth mentioning. So those are the ones that stuck out to me. What are your takeaways here?
0: Etienne and Gibbs are two starters, should be good. I just I feel like he has a type of running back, and that type is not a workhorse. He just likes these small, kind of light running backs who will, <laughs> you know, catch passes and stuff. Like, Derrick Henry, if he had him, he'd be like, what the, f-? this guy's running through mud. He's not very good. He's too big. The a tight end. Um, I don't know. Etienne and Gibbs will be good. Gibson, I don't know. Like, I don't think, I don't have high hopes for the commanders, so I know he's getting a lot of smoke right now, but I, I don't believe it when I see it. Javante had, like, a massive knee implosion so yeah, based on other running backs he probably won't be himself till the later half of the year or just next year and Swift I, did we discuss it was I on a podcast where we discussed this because I just I don't like DeAndre Swift and I don't think he's no. healthy did,
1: did we talk about Swift I don't know if we talked about Swift so. I might have talked to him with um, David I don't remember oh maybe maybe you're right
0: I can't remember but I I just think he's not going to I it was, I just did, I the about him. I don't know if it's on the podcast or before or after or whatever, but I just don't think the the Eagles are going to think that he can stay healthy. So even if he's good, I don't think they're going to give him a workload that they're they're kind of just preparing for the playoffs. So I would expect them to even if he sh- balls out to still limit his touches. So I don't think he's going to be like a top end running back one. So I don't know. A lot, would a, we lot agree of opportunity. That
1: but. yeah. And once again, I'm not saying this is the trajectory that he's going to take, but would you agree that DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia, his best case scenario would essentially have to be what Miles Sanders just did, right? Like, that would be best. Or do you think he could surpass that with Rashad Penny also in the role?
0: Maybe he could catch more passes. Um, I, I'd be, if, if I was there, I'd be happy if he was Sanders from last year. I'd be happy with that. I don't know if that's like absolute ceiling case, because I think he can Mm
1: -hmm.
0: get a higher reception count, but I I don't know how much the Eagles are gonna change the offense to fit in him as like a pass catching weapon. And if there's that many even targets to go around, really, because they have three kind of good receivers. So
1: what are your thoughts on obviously you're right i feel like almost every single one of the running backs here have like a running back partner right because we're talking about swift right now rashad penny is there travis Etienne. he was supposed to be the lead dog but then um i guess doug peterson jacksonville went into the draft and was able to get what they got tank bigsby right yeah and once again i'm not saying tank bigsby is coming in to get 300 touches that's not what i'm saying at all but I feel like he was definitely brought in to play a little bit of a relief role as well to get some volume and same with Gibson with Brian Robinson, same with Gibbs with David Montgomery and Javante. I I feel like Denver is always going to want to have a slew of running backs as they have before, regardless of him coming back from an injury or not. And so do you feel like that puts a little bit of a cap of what can come out of this running back room?
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure, especially like Jags, they definitely want, I mean, they hit Michael Hasty last year. They tried James Robinson for a bit.
1: Like, mm-hmm, um,
0: mm-hmm. Snoop Connor was getting touches. So, yeah, I don't think he has like a Jonathan Taylor or B. John Robinson or Derrick Henry or CMC. Like, he doesn't have that level of production, but I guess he doesn't really need it based on the rest of his team, like the wide receiver room and stuff like that. So, I guess maybe steady as she goes is fine for the running back room. And then he just has to rely on these guys who have less volume but more efficient with it. And maybe. You know, ETN and, and Gibbs will, will have less injury risk because they're not getting hit every play. So I think it's a solid I'm room. Actually, it's just, yeah, not, not superstar studded, I guess.
1: I'm actually surprised that Darren has made a stronger push for full point PPR because I feel like his running backs would benefit greatly from that. So that should be interesting. But kind of like what you're prefacing, maybe he doesn't need the strongest of strong running back rooms because now let's jump into his wide receiver room. He has been dubbed the wide receiver factory because that's pretty much all he has drafted. But after seeing Tannis draft like three wide receivers back to back to back on all of his picks that he has had um, with his roster, maybe he is now getting like the junior wide receiver factory role. But Darren is the OG. So some of the wide receivers that he has is CD Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Debo Samuel, who you traded to him earlier, D.J. Moore, who is now in Chicago, Deontay Johnson, of course, from your Pittsburgh Steelers, Cortland Sutton, Traylon Burks, and Rondell Moore. There are definitely some wide receivers I would have kept off, but I feel like I would have gotten yelled at by Darren, so I left them all on here. I'm not doing any of that extra stuff, but it's kind of clear to see that the crowning jewel of his wide receiver room does start with C.D. Lamb and Garrett Wilson, um, That's kind of like the personality of his team. Anytime I think of Darren's name, I just think of CeeDee Lamb immediately, just because it's kind of a perfect encapsulation of the way Darren has built his team, but just a bunch of young guys. And um, obviously he has more depth here than most owners have. And a lot of these wide receivers, I'm sure owners would be very happy to get, uh, but what is your overall takeaway of his wide receiver room?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the best in the league, I think. I don't know who would compete with him. Um, I think he had, I think he made it better over the offseason as well. Like he, DJ Moore has now, well, I guess it's a better opportunity. I don't know how we feel about Fields, but, you know, he hasn't had good quarterbacks anyway. But if he stayed in Carolina, I was thinking, you know, Bryce Young would be there, so that might have been better. But um, he picked up Debo Deontay can't be any worse, I don't think. Sutton maybe traded. I don't know um there's a lot of rumors around him wilson got aaron rogers instead of uh zach wilson and i guess lamb's about the same i think wilson's actually ahead of lamb now on like key trade cut so that's hilarious to me but um anyway the the wilson hype is a bit overblown but um i think he's he's good i just think uh maybe darren's you know, drinking the kool-aid a little bit too much on wilson What was the, he posted, someone posted in chat, like, would you rather have Wilson or DK Metcalf and Jerry Judy? And he said, I'd think I'd keep Wilson. There's no, there's no way that that that's not even close. Like DK and Judy every single day of the week. So, and you're, you got DK, so I assume you would take that side as well.
1: Yeah, to me, I definitely value Garrett Wilson more than DK, like I'm sure most people would, but not so much to the point where you could throw a Jerry Judy type of person in there as that separator. Uh, I also feel like Darren has, like, um, I guess an unhealthy addiction to wide receivers, because uh, I know he, like, if he could have his way, he would have loved to have had JSN in this past draft and just walked away with that just because I know how much he liked him. He could have. Oh, yeah, he definitely could have, but... I think um all of my yelling at him has finally worked and that might have been um not good for you because then that I kept yelling, be like, you got to walk away with a quarterback, which is probably why you ended up with Richardson. But we are talking about wide receivers here, but I definitely do think that his wide receiver is not only in the best in the league, but definitely has that depth as well. And one of the surpri- not I guess it wouldn't be surprising is coming from Darren's team. But I mean, when you look at this team, And you look at, I guess, like Debo, and you're like, oh, wow. Debo's like, I guess, one of the older guys he has in his wide receiver room. I I guess that's pretty, that's a good problem to have. And I feel like it's kind of the trend Darren's going to continue to go. I feel like he's always going to continue to draft young receivers and then kind of trade away the ones that get a little bit older. Um, I'm actually surprised that he still has Cortland Sutton. I'm assuming it's just because no one else in the PDL wants him. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely expecting yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely expecting a big uptick in a lot of his players, kind of like what you mentioned, like Deontay. I feel like he really can't do any worse than he did last year, uh, despite the amount of volume that he got, uh, at least efficiency-wise. And, of course, touchdown-wise, everyone knows that story. And then you already mentioned Garrett Wilson going jumping up to get uh, Aaron Rodgers and things like that. So, overall, his wide receiver room is definitely something that's keeping this team, honestly, in the conversations of being able to compete sooner than a lot of people probably expect but this is definitely the room to kind of keep an eye on because i also would not be surprised if darren starts to get a little bit more aggressive and start moving some pieces around especially after listening to this pod because greg i don't know if i told you but your guys podcast greatly influenced some of my plans um not saying that i went back and rewrote certain things i was like oh just Fresh pair of eyes is really nice to have because all too often I'm just sitting in my own little hole and be like, all right, what do I got to do? I got to do this, got to do that. So it was really nice to hear. I don't
0: remember what we said. I have no (laughs) idea what we said.
1: Yeah, welcome to the
0: podcast world. I have this. Yeah, it's just, as I black out for an hour and a half. Yeah, as just,
1: soon as we hit, like as soon as I stop recording, I'm like, all right, yeah, that was fun. Um, I don't remember anything else that I said until Max cuts up some clips. And I'm like, oh, wow, OK, that's what we talked about. But yeah, kind of like you, uh, Darren and I always talk about just completely blacking out afterwards. But it's always funny to remember that. But hold on. Let's continue. Let's jump into that tight end room. And really, there's only two tight ends worth mentioning, in my opinion, which is uh, Hawkinson and Cole Komet. And obviously, Cole Komet had a lot of hype, at least heading into last year. Komet last year, and that has since dwindled a little bit because Justin Fields just did not really throw the ball much. He definitely did pick it up a little bit towards the second half of the year. But yeah, Cole Komet, Hawkinson, what's your takeaway in this tight end room?
0: Oh, you going to make me talk about tight ends again. Yeah, um, yeah, this,
1: this, this, no one wants this, but we have to. Cole Komet's a
0: jag. Like I'd I would i don't know, just pick up someone off waivers and, and play him. Like play Jordan Akins off waivers. Would that be any different than playing Cole Komet? Like I don't know. He doesn't do anything. Um and now they also brought in DJ Moore, so he's gonna get targets. Claypool, Mooney. I he's third or fourth on a low volume passing offense, so I'm not really interested in him at all. Like I think he's basically just a roster clogger. Hawkinson has the upside to finish probably is tight end one. A one honestly, uh, maybe not with Addison there now, but like he has a skill and the ability. I think he could be like tight end two, tight end three, but I also think he could be tight end ten. So the case with most tight ends, the range of outcomes is just extremely wide. And I wouldn't be shocked if he was good again, or if he just went back to his normal ways of like blow up game here and there, um, and finishing as like tight end eight or something in the season so so yeah, this I, I
1: might be a hot take but i don't think it is but i completely agree with your take on cool commit i absolutely believe that he's just like you know any other tight end that you could just throw in there play waiver wires whatever especially in redraft you probably have a lot better options that you can do but in dynasty it makes it a little bit tougher because obviously our free agents and waiver wires much more different and pick that but I don't know. For me, when I see TJ Hawkinson, I kind of see something similar to that. Um, I don't really see anything that really separates him too, too much, except for being a little bit better of an athlete than like a Dalton Schultz. I just see someone who will get his catches. Like, he's fine. He's good. He can provide a little bit of yak ability, but not that much. But so like, he's a decent blocker. He's a good pass. He's exactly what you would need or what the Vikings needed last year. So like once the pie gets cut a little bit with Addison in the picture. You know, I'm not expecting Addison to come in here and, you know, demand like 120 targets, but hey, maybe he will. I'm not too sure how this is all going to pan out. And we all know Kirk is going to throw the ball, regardless of how things go in Minnesota, because historically he has had really great statistics. So the ball's going to have to go somewhere. And it's more of how is the pie going to be cut? And I completely agree with you. I could definitely see Hawkinson in some games where he has like seven catches for like 85 yards and touchdown. And then there will be other games where he has like four catches for, I don't know, like 42 yards. But that's actually not that bad for a t- in the tight end market, especially in tight end premium. So he's definitely someone that I could see getting the volume. But to me, Hawkinson was just strictly a tight end that I would play for a volume play. And now knowing that his best attribute is now not, Dwindling that sounds a little bit dramatic, but there are definitely additional factors in here. I definitely project him to still be one of the top tight ends, but I don't know. I, I, I he doesn't really thrill me that much, which is rich because I know my tight end room is not much better than Darren's at all. Uh, and so I am a little bit hypocritical here, but I don't know. Uh, I, I I'm definitely comfortable with like if this was my tight end, room, I would be comfortable because I know looking around other tight end rooms, people aren't, you know that much more ahead if anything at all darren actually but has one of the better tight end rooms in the pdl comparatively to some other owners but that's more of a reflection of the tight end landscape and uh yeah that's kind of my feeling towards hawk maybe i'm a little bit off and i'm underrating him now um but that's kind of my view um what are your thoughts there greg yeah i,
0: I mean i is, he could be a complete like regular tight end and still be tight end three. That's sort of what yeah, I'm getting exactly. at. Like, that's <laughs> not that's a ceiling up. outcome. Yeah. Like Kelsey's the only one I really want. Andrews should be good, but he I, he kind of had a down year as well. And you know that offense is changing. And everyone says like, oh, Andrews is going to be the number one option. He might be, but we you know we haven't seen it yet. And they brought in a lot of other receiving options, so maybe he doesn't get as much uh, work as well. I just I don't really want any of them. Like if someone was willing to pay up Hawkinson and I could tear down to like even Michael Mayer or Friar or I don't know, Waller and like pick up something else and I would do it just, I don't know. But you're talking to the certified tight end hater. Like I just, I don't <laughs> want any of them. So yeah, I think you're fine. I, like rolling him out week to week. I don't think he feels like he's a weakness or anything, but I don't think he has, it yeah. gives him like a matchup advantage or anything.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like, People remember Hawkinson a little bit different than how he actually finished last year. Obviously, he was one of the top tight ends last year. But another thing that I want to mention is he pretty much only had two. And once again, the fact that he could even have big games, that is a plus. So I sometimes hate when people are like, well, take those out. Now he sucks. Well, yeah, obviously, you just took out things that other tight ends probably can't do. But I feel like a big majority of all of his points came from just two games. But to be fair, those two games were monumental. Um, One was down the stretch in week 16 against the Giants where he scored 35 points, and the other one was in week four when he scored 39 points. But pretty much every other week, I don't know, he'd give you like six, seven points, maybe break double digits a handful of times here and there, but other than that, not too much. So I think the way people remember him is very different like really consistent really this and that but that doesn't really exist in the tight end world but you hit it the nail on the head where you said yeah he could just be perfectly average but he could still end as like the tight end three tight end four which is absolutely correct so i think just way what the landscape looks like that's just something that you could keep an eye on but i'm sure darren has other fires he needs to put out such as what the heck is happening to that quarterback room but with that being said Let's see how he's going to be able to address that, because let's talk about the draft capital. We have just now been able to get access to the 2026 20, picks. So obviously, all of them are untouched. So Darren actually has all of his picks. And the only additional thing is next year he just has an extra first. So that is something that he can be uh, pretty happy with. Obviously, he always has a lot of first round picks. But this is the first time where I've only seen him with just one. But the trend continues. But it should be interesting to see what Darren does, because Darren very rarely uses his draft picks to then go get vets. So my thought is, A, his strategy could change a little bit where he gets a little bit more aggressive because he might slowly be able to see that he's able to compete, or he's just going to kind of default back to what he's doing and then continue to stockpile more, maybe trade away some of those wide receivers that we mentioned and try to get even more draft picks and things like that. Um But yeah, how how do you see Darren navigating the draft capital that he currently has?
0: Oh, he's just going to acquire more. I (laughs) cannot imagine him selling this. I I just don't know what world you're in, but I mean, I don't think he's going to trade one of these first. Maybe, uh, you know, he traded one for Swift, but he was drunk. So if he's drunk for the whole season, maybe he'll trade him away. But I would expect, if anything, he just sells one of these receivers for some... Sort of pick. He he probably won't like trade away a bunch of players for picks, but I also don't expect him to trade the picks for players either. Probably just stand pat. Um, Maybe pick up a couple depth pieces depending on where his he is in the standings uh, by Mm -hmm. the time the playoffs start.
1: Absolutely, and let's actually talk about some of that. Let's talk about some of the trades that Darren has implemented. Um, uh, recently at least. We don't have to dive too far back because we do this every single year. So I know you very eloquently was able to fill the show docs on some of these trades. The first one we want to talk about, um, this one involved you, Greg. It was, you got Rashad Bateman and the 211. And in return, Darren got Debo and so just Debo. Let's just leave it at Debo. So it was pretty much Debo for Rashad Bateman and the 211, and who did you take with that 211?
0: Uh, Mingo or Reed, I don't know. One of the two.
1: Yeah, let's just say one of the two. So pretty solid trade, obviously. Um, I know you're probably thrilled with this because I know you just mentioned that you're not the biggest fan of Debo, but what are your thoughts on this trade as it pertains for over to Darren?
0: Well... Gronk is definitely an integral part of this trade because I added him at the end to kinda of like pull at the heartstrings of Darren. Oh shit. Um, this strategy was like a negotiation. Play. It was like three days. And I'm like, if you want Devo, the price is Bateman plus two eleven. And he kept trying to work me down. He had a bunch of third round picks. He's like, How about this three oh four? How about this three oh two? How about three oh one? And he just kept trying to work me down. And eventually he's I threw in Gronk and I'm like, he's gonna do two eleven plus Bateman and he finally cracked. And um accepted it. But I think yeah, Debo I, I, I think that season where he finishes wide receiver 2, I think that's an outlier season, but I think he will be a contributing player. I My opinion on Debo changes with who the quarterback's going to be, I think. Um, if it's Lance, I think maybe I'm lower on Debo, because they might try to just work more like deep passing with Ayuk and stuff like that. If it's Purdy, maybe Debo's a little bit better. But i I honestly don't know that much about how Shanahan would like change the scheme to to fit either one of the quarterbacks. Maybe it's darnold. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think for him, he had basically like Bateman, who is kind of n- not been what he's supposed to be. So he was like a potential guy, and then he added a little bit of draft capital he had to get a definite like starter locked in for the next three, four years. So I think it was actually a aggressive trade for him to get a guy who's in his prime and maybe a little bit older than the rest of his receiving room.
1: Yeah. I was actually really, really surprised to see this trade, not to see Debo moved again, because I'm never surprised why anything you do, because you clearly are playing a different game than all of us. Cause you're that many steps ahead, but yeah. I was surprised to see Darren do this move because of the age, which is ironic because we know his quarterback room is a little bit old and we're about we're about to get there. We're going to touch upon some of the old quarterbacks and geezers that he got. But when it comes to skill position, especially wide receiver, and this is it's funny that we're even talking about this because what isn't Debo like twenty six, twenty seven? So he
0: just turned but, 27,
1: I think. Yeah, he just turned 27, it. but to Darren, that's like, oh, that's the cliff. So it's kind of funny to be able to see something like that. So when I actually saw this trade originally, I sat up a little bit because I was like, oh, this is not Darren's M.O. And so that's why it made it so interesting for me. And I'm really, he really, really interested to see how it does it.
0: Ooh, like he was trying to get him from Brian before, and he was... Like, upset that Brian didn't take his offer, and then he, I don't know just I'm supposed to say this stuff, but <laughs> he, he wanted him for Brian originally, and then he just, like, kept following up with me, and he was extremely persistent. He was, like, messaging me every day to try to get Debo. So, he really likes him. So, I'm surprised yeah, you didn't I, know that.
1: I was trying to get Debo from Brian for a while, and I'm sure he can confirm that if he listens to this pod. Well, Brian, if you do. Right in the chats to confirm or deny if this has been true. Uh, but yeah, I was very aggressive for Debo as well. And then when he traded him to you, I was like, gosh, darn it. I, I definitely would have given more than that. But then because of what you got for him, I was like, oh, he's probably not going to trade him right away. And then you traded him right away. I was like, ah, oh, God, why am I such a shitty fantasy football? Like, it didn't take much just to reach out and be like, hey, great job with the trade. Give him to me now. But I probably should have. Um, but no, I did not. Because there, how much time passed after you got Debo and then you flipped him over to Darren? It wasn't much.
0: Uh, I mean, he messaged me that day, so I don't remember. If I was going to say, like it was almost like, days. I don't even
1: know. if Yeah, I don't even know if he had him for a week yet, which is I, why. I Debo
0: page up. Four days. four days. Four
1: days. Four days, not even a week. So yeah. that's why I didn't reach out, but that wasn't because I wasn't interested. The only, if I didn't have like Kittle and CMC, I 100% would have been way more aggressive to try to get him. But um, yeah, he was able to get him. Um, Let's talk about some other trades that Darren was able to get. He got two old geezers, one by the name of Ryan Tannehill, one by the name of Stafford. He got Tannehill for the 304 and Stafford for the 209. So this was interesting to me, and I did like it at the time because it looks like he's trying to. I'm not saying fix his quarterback room with these players, but we have seen, especially even last year, Depth at quarterback is... Well, depth at every position is important. The most important position, I'd like to think, is the quarterback, even in the PDL. Um, maybe that is incorrect, just because someone's got to start, so you could very easily probably pick up, like, what, a Cooper rush really randomly if to fill in, in a week. But I think what they're trying to do is get ahead of that, get these guys down, and maybe see and move them either later if a contender, like I kind of mentioned before earlier in this podcast, if their quarterback was down um, or anything like that. But what is your take on this? Because this at first seems very against what Darren likes because we all know him as loving really young guys, but that's kind of hard to avoid
0: in the quarterback position, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he just took what he could get without overpaying. Like you're not going to get a 25 year old quarterback without, you know, for two Oh nine or three Oh four. It's just, it's not going to happen. So I think he didn't want to go into the season knowing that he had sort of questions at quarterback and then everyone in the league's gonna definitely like put the screws to you and be like, you don't even have a QB two, like you need this guy. Here, just uh, I'll give him to you for first and a second or something mm-hmm. like that. So I think it's sort of insurance. Um, but like I said in the quarterback breakdown thing, like are either of these guys going to be starting by the end of the year? You know, Tannehill, they could just put Levison if they're terrible and Stafford, he could just explode on the field at some point. So yeah, I mean, it's it's good insurance so he doesn't need to go out and get another quarterback. And maybe Richardson's ready right away. Uh, maybe he'll give enough rush, rushing that it won't matter that he is going to take two years to develop to throw the ball properly. So I, I think it's good insurance. I think Stafford, Tana Hill's, I think that's a better deal than Stafford. Stafford for 209 is maybe a little bit rich for me, just given it, like who was available at 209. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll end up being like Tajay Spears, but Jaden Reed was still there. Mingo, yeah, know, a couple other options as well. And he could have used it to trade up or something. So I think that's a little bit rich for me, but I think that the TL one is probably better.
1: Yeah, I like both trades because at the end of the day, they are starting quarterbacks, at least right now. But I definitely agree with what you mentioned. I don't know how much longer they're going to be starters, and I don't even know if they're going to be starters by the end of this season. Um, it doesn't look too, too likely just because the writing is on the wall for both of those quarterbacks. And then the final trade that I wanted to bring up is something that we already touched upon earlier, which is DeAndre Swift for the 111. And Max got uh, Kendra Miller with that pick. So very, very interesting here, too. I know we already kind of gave a breakdown. I know your take on Swift. We already had a whole episode on this, so we don't have to dive into this too much more. But the reason I wanted to bring up or have you, pretty much assigned you to put all these trades in the show doc is to kind of paint a little bit of a picture on some of the trades that Darren has made. And I don't know. For someone as active as Darren, I kind of expected more trades. How about you?
0: I feel like he... If we would have gone back to last year, there would have been a lot more. Although, I honestly can't remember any like big trades. Well, I'm trades. sure that's true, oh, but I feel off. like
1: if you go last year, everyone had a lot of trades. I feel like, like, like for how consistently active he is and how much he's in the chats I guess it kind of does make sense because anytime a trade goes down it's usually not Darren but I just assumed um, when we were putting this doc together I was like oh my god he's probably going to have so many trades we are probably going to have to pick and choose which wins do we want to um, showcase and I looked at or we looked at him and we're like oh wait he didn't have that many
0: <laughs> yeah I guess if I look at his roster they've all been on his roster last summer he made some moves like I traded for Ayuk and David mm-hmm. Bell and stuff and he made a couple uh, draft last year but I think he was pretty stable throughout the year um yeah i guess if i want to make an excuse for him it was quite evident early that he wasn't going to be in the playoffs like i think he was him and mike both started off like really poorly and then they kind of just gave up i think so i I don't know that he was willing to sell anything to make the playoffs and then also um he's already so young that he doesn't really like have old players to sell off so maybe he just kind of stood pat i guess uh, yeah, I do expect no, that. A little bit that for, for how much often he's in the chat, like messaging and making free agent moves and stuff. You would expect a higher, you know, trade count or something like that. But it was a bit lower than I expected.
1: The um, other caveat, though, to defend Darren on my end, I'm just trying to put. Uh on the offensive against them which is kind of fun but yeah the defend Daryl a little bit is because he also took over an orphan team similar to you so when he first took over he did like seven thousand trades so naturally he will do less and less trades once he gets the players that he likes which makes sense absolutely makes sense so with all that being said i know we kind of touched upon it so let's just do a brief recap to put a bow on this weaknesses, and strengths. I guess we'll start with strengths. Sorry, I don't know why I started that way. But I think the strength of Darren's team is no secret. It's definitely youth when it comes to most of his skill positions, but definitely his wide receiver room. Definitely the deepest, the strongest across the entire PDL. And I feel like the combination of that and just, I I don't know how to, I guess it's hard to explain in wording of his strength, but he just has so much capital and value everywhere, right? He has so many draft picks because he usually doesn't trade any of his away. He usually gets more. And the players that he pick and the way to get that is because, A, he's either flipping players for even more value or he's drafting players that is worth more than whatever they had, so then he's able to get even more picks. So... It's almost like Darren is playing a different game than myself, where I'm just taking these crappy old vets that I know will get points to try to win a championship where Darren's like, I just want my team to look really nice and have the most value. Because right now, if you plug in his or our entire league in any of those um, APIs that kind of pull things from Sleeper and kind of ranks it unbiasedly, Darren's team is almost always at the top. Just saying this is the best team. They have the most value, have the most everything. So that's why I continue to yell at him saying, Darren, you got to do something like you got to win the league at some point you can't just keep having the best valued team and not keep pushing through so i'm hoping that's going to be able to get through but that has to be a strength um would you agree greg
0: yes but yeah sort of what you alluded to there like what does it matter if you have all this value and you're not winning and you're also not trading anything with it like value for the sake of value isn't really doing anything for you so i don't know if you're mm-hmm. unless you're treating mm-hmm. this like some sort of stock simulator of like can, can i generate the most value instead of generating wins <laughs> I think it's fine this is unnecessarily harsh but yeah i just i don't know like like looking at keep trade cut and you have the number one ranked team but then you don't make the playoffs that's sort of you know it's got to be a downer so i don't know i mean i can't really talk i'm all the way at the bottom so i have another year of just being bored You
1: know, you downplay yourself saying you shouldn't be able to talk, but if anyone else were to take over the roster you have, I don't think they would have been able to have Herbert or any of like the other notable guys you have had just because of the route or like the route that you took, because you have to kind of change course and tank even harder when Josh seemed like he could have been able to get that one on one way back when. So, no, you have to have room to because you have already been seen as one of the sharpest owners in the league, but. Definitely with Darren. That's why I kind of always pick on him saying, Man, it's like we're playing two different things. Like, if if there was like an off season award for like a sexy what what's it team that you want a roster beat to the hardest, yeah, you like you win that one year.
0: Oh man, it's just great free. <laughs> no, no, no. Chinese it's draft. it's a fucking
1: um it's the Chargers, the old Chargers, every single year. Everyone was always like, Yeah, this is their year. They look so good. This is gonna be it. And then they just never do anything. Whereas yeah, the Browns are I, I feel like, like more historically
0: like bad talk negative about Herbert so I'm a charger oh, no
1: but that's that even makes it better like when they had Rivers and LT and that phenomenal diva they're like this is it nope Philip Rivers is there um, now without LT and they still have all these other great um, the great defense but nope um, now Herbert's there and blah 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 we got Derwin James coming back nope nothing I don't know I just yeah, feel like every offseason they get
0: so much like hype injuries. yeah they get like a weird curse yeah.
1: on them but, yeah like I mean that's
0: yeah, last year they had 20 inches the offensive line is injured, receivers are injured. Oh my
1: gosh, decimated. Yeah, and even yeah. Herbert took that like one, like what? Like that rib injury or something? That like really messed him up? Yeah, and he had to but fight I, that I've like the rest of that ribs. second year.
0: It I, hurts I, I just to breathe. Yeah, yeah, my office job was difficult, so. I, every time I stood <laughs> so, up to get know? coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd stand up and everyone you in know the know office would You know Chris Jones is
1: coming up the middle in like two seconds, are yeah. like, oh
0: Jesus Christ. To be like, hey Greg, you want to get coffee? I'm like, yeah. I mean, get up here. <laughs> and he's no, getting so like, run over. They probably shoot him up with all kinds of good shit.
1: Uh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. He probably doesn't even know where he is at the end of the game. They have to walk him back to the locker room and be like, here you go, Justin. But um, yeah, so I would have to say that's his strength. But in a weird way, I would say that's his weakness. And this is the first time I've ever taken this route for a weakness. Oh, boy. I, us- I usually talk about. A positional group, right? It's so easy for me to sit here and be like, you know, his weakness might be his quarterback room. His weakness, Darren, you're not here, so I'm allowed to be mean, even though you're you really the weakness is the
0: owner. The ownership is the, the weakness of this team. The weakness oh, is. Man.
1: His conservativeness. When Darren came into this league four or five years ago, he was just a young lad. He was crazy. He was a daredevil. He took the chance. He saw a team that he didn't like or He's like I got I got to do something. And he started to make these moves. He actually won owner of the year, the very first inaugural year of the PDL, because he was just just swinging his dick all over the place. And then he gets his own team doesn't really want to make that many crazy moves because he's obviously have to absorb all the negative impact. And I don't know, Darren, it's not. No, it is you, man. With the... We would always fantasize. We would always fantasize saying, imagine if we had that team. Imagine if we had that team with that roster, what we would be able to do. And we would honestly say that because honestly, we have huge egos and I'm a dickhead and I have nothing else to do. So I do try to pride myself on how much no life I have specifically fantasy football because I suck at everything else in life. But now I'm sitting here and being like, God damn. What if Greg had Darren's roster? Or if I, had I thought I was supposed Darren's to be the what are we no, doing I don't here? know. I'm going in now. I don't know. Because honestly, if you look at this team, yes, quarterback is an issue. But if you have the players that you have, the wide receivers that you have, and all the draft capital that you have, It's very similar positions than when um, Max was in a very similar position where he's kind of on the brink where he had all this value. We didn't know what he was going to do. And then he just started making these aggressive ass trades. And what did he do? He won the league and he might very well win the league again. Uh, I was in a similar position where very first year in the PDL, I did not make the playoffs. And then after that, I was kind of on the brink. I had a lot of value, but I didn't know what to do with it. And then I started to make all these really aggressive trades. And then now I'm here. Darren found himself in this position, in my opinion, last year, and he did not. Not what I'm saying is not right. Everything can change, think, but the way but, I would
0: have navigated it. For me, it's just like I, I think. So the quarterback, he just needs a better quarterback room. Basically. Agreed. Yeah, but and that's really the, the core of the team.
1: You got Anthony Richardson, your like, boy, though.
0: Yeah, but but I don't expect him to be good right now. You know, he yeah, would be great for great. my team because three years from now would be good. But I think Darren. <laughs> like, has been drafting wide receivers and then trying to... I know he's been trying to get quarterbacks. He was trying to get Justin Herbert before I got him, but I only got Justin Herbert because I had it hurts. Like, Tanish wouldn't have traded me if I didn't have hurts. Like, you can throw as mm-hmm. much draft capital mm-hmm. as you want. You can't turn... Matter? Yeah, like, CD Lamb, if he comes to me and says, I'll give you CD Lamb plus two firsts for Justin Herbert, I'm going to say no, because then I have to hope that one of those firsts turns into a quarterback mm-hmm. as good as Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. So... I think he tries to be aggressive, but there's also still a limit on like there's how many real like franchise quarterbacks are there in either the NFL or for Dynasty, like four or five, maybe?
1: And those guys are locked up tight.
0: So I think it's just also like his obsession with the the wide receiver stuff. I don't know when he drafted all of these like Wilson, he obviously couldn't have taken a quarterback, but I don't know when he took CeeDee Lamb, if there was like any quarterback on the board. Um but yeah, you just, you need the quarterback and you just can't trade for them. And the, there's not many young quarterbacks that are good, so I think he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place where he's lands he up trading for like Tannehill and Stafford and doing the like Indianapolis Colts approach of patching it and now it's ironic that he has Richardson um, <laughs> on the Colts. But maybe, maybe Richardson pants out like I think and then he has a, a franchise cornerstone. But yeah, I mean, I know he was trying to be aggressive, but it's it was like when people were saying, um, when I joined, like, oh, why didn't you, you know, why did you fully trade for picks and everything like that? It's because I can't make people accept my trades for me. I can't, mm-hmm. like, I tried to get Zach Wilson so badly, but people, he's not even a good quarterback in the end, and I couldn't even get him. I was offering, like, two or three firsts, and I couldn't get him. So people are just really, I, it, it's an issue with this league where everyone is trying to compete right now, and also everyone thinks this week is going to be around for a long time. So they are going to see the full value of a franchise quarterback. You just. I, I can't believe I got Herbert or Hertz because it just. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to do. And
1: that's what I'm saying. That is unbelievable how you're able to put that together. And I, I completely agree with you. I'm definitely being harsh, but everything you laid out absolutely makes sense. It's not for a lack of trying, but maybe the strategy does need a change. Now, maybe with this episode, Darren won't. Think like, all right, maybe I can't do like a give up like a DJ more and two first to try to get a huge, great quarterback. Now, maybe the. Equation has to change. Maybe the best way, and we've seen it time and time again happen in the PDL. The only way to get a superstar quarterback is you have to have some type of quarterback in there as well. I'm not saying that's what Deshaun Watson is, but I'm sure it would be a lot easier. Obviously, his reputation is bad. But if there is someone in the PDL that does believe in him and they might have someone, and then maybe attacking with saying, All right, I'll give you him, and then all this other bonus, or vice versa. Now he's sitting with Anthony Richardson, maybe try to cash in some type of hyper value there. That's all I'm trying to throw out there because I definitely feel like he is at that cusp. So me being more cruel to him doesn't necessarily just for being mean, but just trying to push him in that right direction, because I know my team is on the downswing. And if I look at the landscape right now, I would love for our championships in the PDL to reside in the East Coast. But um. I'm kind of looking at the lay of the land and that's looking less and less likely. And so I'm really hoping that Darren is going to be able to pick up the torch once my team falls off very shortly. Um, but we'll see how that goes. But what do you kind of perceive as Darren's weakness? I guess it's kind of what we're talking about. Is it that quarterback room?
0: Yeah, he needs a franchise quarterback. So if it's, I don't know if we're going to know, even at the end of this year, if it's Richardson. So um, it might be to drop, but he needs like one of these Herbert hurts, Allen, Mahomes. Type of quarterbacks, uh, but I think he's gonna listen to this podcast and he's he's gonna be like excited. He's gonna see oh my team breaks down, and he's gonna get to this and it's gonna have like a his whole life is just gonna like reassess everything that he's doing. Like that <laughs> the Pablo Escobar meme where he's like in different season by himself. He's gonna be
1: at Oregon. Everyone's having fun
0: and he's just sitting there yeah. he's like
1: guys. I just I can't do it today. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: I'm supposed to be the bad cop. You're supposed to be the good cop. I thought you know I ham it up. I don't necessarily negatively believe all the things I say just you know for content and then you, you flipped roles at the end and I you know caught me off guard there I gotta keep people on the toes but you
1: bring up a but great do you think point is the
0: kind of guy that if you tell him to do this because if you tell me to do something I'm gonna be even further to my own strategy and I'm gonna be like "I Tommy wants me to do that I'm definitely not doing that I'm, I'm doing oh, my strategy even harder 100%
1: 100% uh, why, why do you think he has not done anything up to this point You you can bet that I've been talk this isn't the fr- let's say i would feel meaner about this episode if darren hasn't heard everything i have
0: already said to so him maybe the bullying. not do the bullying maybe you need to reassess your your uh, tactics but do some positive what well,
1: encourage him be like you know I what guess. fuck it don't get richardson just go get jsn that's what you need to
0: do you're
1: yeah, right do, like, maybe real passive, passive, shit, like,
0: like my <laughs> passive, mom would be yeah. like be like oh, never wow, address it such- but always just such great wide receivers on your bench this week. Wow, they're really scoring so many points for you. Wow, Just you're so really... brave
1: by taking that position, even though you know it was well-stocked. You're so brave. Good job. Maybe that is the way. Maybe that is the way. But uh, it's not let's end this way, so. on a positive note for good old there, He missed the playoffs last year, but it's very difficult to say he's going to be in next year as a lock or this upcoming season because we did remove a playoff team. So completely unscripted, putting you on the spot like I always love to do, Mr. Gregory. Who would you say right now are locks to make the playoffs and you don't have to name all six because there are six playoff spots this year. But if you feel like there aren't six locks, you don't have to name them. But who would you say are locks to make the playoffs right now? And I guess a little bit of a fun thing, and I don't expect you to look at it at all, but the schedule also have released today. As soon as the draft ended, the schedule did go up. So everyone can kind of see who they're playing, um, more than once with the, um, pdl current schedule there are three owners that you will play twice so this is kind of me of a way to bring that up but also kind of put you on the spot in a fun way say all right mr greg you, you don't have any horse in this race you, you got nothing so as an outside perspective link at the playoffs who do you believe are locks at this moment
0: uh jokes on you because when i did the rankings for the players during the offseason i already ranked all the owners so i have right now max tommy steve they the that's my three locks. Like I think you guys are three locks, and then I have Darian, Brian, Jeff in the next three spots. But that could change um, at some point. But and I'm releasing all my owner rankings ahead of time. Uh, but so Darian's fourth for me right now. But um, Ooh, I haven't adjusted these for like post post draft, to be honest. Um, so I, off the top of my head, I don't know how the draft changes things. Probably moves. Well, I don't think Steve could move up from three, but he's definitely more solidified at three. Um, mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm. I would say Max. You and Steve are three locks. And then Darren, Brian, Jeff, Tanish, Mike, and Brett are definitely going to all try to compete. And then I think me, Michael, and Welch are kind of content I'm to sit, sit down at the bottom of the standings here. We're not content, but we have no choice. Yeah, uh, just kind of see yeah, the blood blast in front of you. Oh, there's a, there's a whole just kind of block of guys. But yeah, for right now, I think there's three locks. You, Tommy, or, you, Max, and Steve.
1: Yeah, I think I would have to agree. I'm really excited to kind of see what the preseason um, owner's ranking is going to be. I know you already gave us a little bit of a sneak peek, but I don't know. It may not yeah, I put myself on after the draft now.
0: I'm going to get DMs from people.
1: <laughs> You're going to oh, be like, oh, oh so f- you
0: really think this person is higher than me? Okay. All right. <laughs> I have not adjusted post draft and many things changed during the draft. So do not DM Wait. me.
1: That's that's why I always think it's funny because it takes a lot of effort and energy to do these pods all the time and then having these owners yell at you and like, dude, I'm just trying to make some content,
0: man. First off, do you, I don't even remember what I this? said. So you can you can DM <laughs> me all you want. I'm not gonna remember this shit. So. you're like, what? I said that? Wow,
1: okay. But um where's you the lie? That? I don't remember. <laughs> No, no. I appreciate you jumping on. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to drop this right away to see if Darren might get a little bit excited with that kind of bonus because it still is that little bit of a recap. But really excited to kind of see how this draft goes. But um, yeah, thanks for joining on. And until next time, guys, take care.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.